Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Alien Familiar Podcast. I am Clayton. I'm Haley. I'm KD. I'm Lenina. KP. I'm Nina. And before we get started, I just want to remind everyone, all of our listeners, that you can find out our find our show notes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com, and we are on Facebook. And today's topic, we are going to be talking about romance in role-playing games, how, how it can be done well, ways in which it has not been done well. Going to open it up if anybody else wants to go first. Uh, I have very strong opinions about this, but I don't know of if... Of course. <laughs> I, I've, I, I go from zero to a hundred on any topic, but nothing in between. But when it comes to romance in games, I think one of the most important things is to talk with the person involved on the other side of the romance. Whether that's an NPC, talk to the DM about it, or if it's another player, you should talk to them. Uh, a fault that I have not done in the past, which uh, I will be doing in the future. But uh, just talk to the other person who will be playing that other romantic significant other. It's important to have those sort of role-playing consent lines drawn. And that it pro- would probably extend to establishing that what is happening is in the game is, in fact, only happening yes. within the game. I might disagree, only because uh, I've had many different types of, and seen many different types of romances that happen in games in which it just happens naturally, and it builds up, and eventually it just happens in the game. But there was never any previous conversations, and we've never talked about it prior, and everything always worked out fine. I never had an issue with it. And I've had, uh, you know, people that I've dated have dated other people in-game and it just, I don't know, never really made a difference. Because I always just, well, I and they, the people I've played with always knew that it was indeed fictional and all inside of the world of the game and it never bled out. I think I'm in a sort of middle ground where I I think you should talk to people, um, for sure. Um, I find that if you're doing something between two player characters... You definitely should talk to the other person because, and this is a little unfortunate, but you know, GM comes into a game expecting you sort of have to roleplay all elements of the NPCs, and that can be, you know, romantic, that can be like as an adversary, that can be as a friend. Um, And so, while you should definitely also talk to the GM, I feel like in what Lenina said, you know, those more natural progressions maybe are more part of. GM and or NPC and PC sort of interactions, but if you're definitely doing something with another PC, you should talk to it out of character. Say like, "Are you okay with this happening? Like, I think this would be a cool storyline, or like, this is how my character's feeling about your character." Blah blah blah. And just make very sure again, like your characters are feeling this way. You're not confessing your love to another person through an RPG or something. And in addition to talking, if there's two players who agree to have this done. I also think it would be good, a good idea to let the other players know about it as well, because that is how some ugly rumors get started, especially if one of the player's significant other is not act, an active part of the game. There might be something that happens in the game that if all the players aren't on the same page, that it's not, that it's all role-playing, that there's not some secret flirtation actually going on, it can come back to another person and it can cause a lot of damage in a relationship. I mean, like, 
setting that line between role-playing and reality is very important, whether it comes to romance or to any other sort of aspect when it comes to your gaming community that you sit down at a table and share a story with every week. I think that's a really good point, knowing the differences. But um, I also do think that there's something to be said for your point, Lenina, about having that naturally budding romance, because that's how stories work. It's not like, oh, we've agreed this is going to happen, and then everything's going to be the way it is. Just having... It's finding a balance of playing these characters and having the characters discover things while making sure that everybody involved out of character is okay with what's going on. I'm going to kind of give an episode and something related to this topic that happened to me and it's very similar to what i just said about how um make sure all the players and everybody involved is fully aware of how much how it is just an in-game um occurrence that's happening that's not happening in real life about 15 years ago i was in an online role-playing game this was in the very early days of um like voice chat and we were using a lot of um like instant messaging to to play what started out as there was a new player in our group and I was playing the bard who was basically the mediator of the group and so in order to kind of bring this player into to bring both the player and the character into the group make them feel more welcome I interacted with that um, with that player and that with with that character a lot more than the other players did the other players and characters did well through the course of the game this started to develop into an in-character relationship and i was perfectly honest with my wife um i told her what what was happening and i because most of what we were doing was over like over chats over instant messaging or um a, a version of irc everything was recorded so if my wife had any doubts about what was going on Everything was there on my computer. I left it open for her to go and look at it at any time. There came a point where she was very uncomfortable with what was going on. That's a mistake that I made, allowing something to happen that would make my wife be uncomfortable. And at that point, I put an end to it. I stopped it. And really, I haven't done... That was the first time I'd ever done an in-character romance with another PC. It's probably going to be my last <laughs> yeah. as a player character. I, I think, too, you know, that's a little different from, you know, you and your wife are sitting with a group of people in the same room and, like, you know, something's happening between two people. And it's, it's very obvious in that case that it's, it is a character thing. But when it's over text chat, you know, those those conversations are, you it's hard to read intent. And, you know, not to mention, again, it's it's not something that you and your partner are both witnessing. It's, you know over like a, I guess you said like an IRC or text chat or whatever. So I think that that is also like an added layer of uncomfortability, you know? Mm -hmm. Whenever this was going on, I don't know if it was as new at the time, but it was my first experience with Ventrilo, which is a chat or a voice program that was very popular back in the day. Um, I don't know if it's still used since most games have uh, integrated voice chat, but it was the first time playing online and first time exploring that aspect of a per- of a, a player that I've never been able to do and ended up being an unmitigated disaster. Like mm-hmm. in character it worked really really well for the story but as a player it just I'm never going to do it again. And so 
As a game master, I've had a couple of instances since then where players have wanted some sort of a romantic entanglement with an NPC that I have introduced. And so that's been hard on me to do just because it's bringing back a lot of those memories and a lot of those fears, even though in our current group, my wife is sitting right there next to me and she is she is partaking in everything that is going on. Still too uncomfortable for me to do, right. really. I, I think that's where I get confused is like there's really not too much of a difference between NPC and PC characters often because it's still going to become it's you and another person kind of having that in-game relationship. I don't really see too much what the difference is versus like NPC and PC and the character relationships. And I was wondering if you guys had thoughts on that. I think one of the main differences is the amount of time that the character is visible and and active and doing something with the players. I've never had uh, any PC on PC action, so to speak. Oh Um, man! (laughs) But um. I've had a character, like, become involved in some sort or another with NPCs, and in those cases, those NPCs are not main characters. They're they're side characters. They're guest stars. They're around infrequently, and you don't have to maybe worry about that relationship overriding some of the story or taking a spotlight. When, when, when When it's two PCs... And this can be good or bad. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's not a good or a bad thing. It can be totally neutral. Uh, it, it is. But when two PCs get into a relationship in a game in some way or another, it definitely affects the story. And it can be interesting. It can be cool. Um, it can be something that drives things forward or, or prompts different interactions from different players. Um, but I think it can also take too much of the limelight if there were such a thing. And I guess with NPCs and PCs getting into relationships, it's not as prevalent that that happens, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it honestly depends on the game. Uh, I'm a new DM, so I've been pulling a lot of like cheap tricks on trying to make my story good. And one of the things I've been doing is using romance lines to get more characters involved. Uh, I have uh, one of my players is having a sort of romantic entanglement with an now NPC who I used to PC as. Um, And having that, I think, is a good way to lure them into a story, get them involved, wanting them to actively discover what I'm sending out for them in this world. Um, I think that it certainly can overshadow things or take things away from the rest of the game but ideally it's i think it's a matter of just finding the right campaign for that right storyline i also think that when it's not just a now and again npc when it's a more popular one i think it has the chance of overshadowing it especially if it's like the gm's main npc or something like that along those lines and that's used as like a helpful like your companion traveler or something like that and often relationships with that will be more prevalent and make it more noticed especially if it's a consistent back and forth thing and i guess that's where things often don't align when it comes to the npc pc relationship but i do think it makes everything a little more interesting as long as it's not done horribly sometimes with like two pcs starting in character relationship you get that sort of, I don't want to say like power couple mentality, but it does sometimes tend to turn into that. 
where in a game you'll have two characters that now have a bond that's deeper than anyone else in the party, unless, like, say, I don't know, you're running around with your brother, your sister, your dad, or something, then maybe there's a different case. But, um, I think that, uh, player character and player character in character romances do develop this sort of group mentality, where the bond goes deeper than what other PCs may share. So you always know you have someone that has your back, or if you need to plot something, for example, you'll always have that. And e- even if the game itself isn't geared toward that, you all of a sudden find yourself sticking with that one person mostly overall. Um, you know, NPC and PC interactions don't tend to really do that too much, um, because one's being controlled by the GM versus... I-, I think that is one of the biggest challenges there, is you have to be careful. You have to be careful to... Uh, not let it turn into, oh, I only ever talk to this person now, and I only do things with this person, and, okay, it's like, we have downtime, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just just hanging out with one person, you know, and, like, all of a sudden now it's the rest of the party, and then you and that person. So, I think that's something you have to be careful about avoiding. A classic tale of a best friend gets a partner, and now you never see your friend again. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. At the same time, uh, that point is very valid. Uh, It happens a lot. It has to be something you watch out for. But at the same time, I think that those sort of things is what brings a group together and has that group mentality. Because romances doesn't always have to be like... Like, romances don't have to be romantic love. I feel like like you have to fall in love with all of the characters in this group so that way they're like friends, they're together. What? No. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no. You don't fall in love with your friends and they be like, I care about them, I want to hang out with them, I want to like bring them all together. Okay, are we opening the topic to all relationships, lowercase r, or is this just about romantic relationships? I think this just got opened up to all relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, so I think that the, like that group mentality is something that helps bring the group together. <laughs> but I feel like you can love your friends and hate their character very, very easily. See, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like fall in love with their characters. I think that's one of the reasons why our group of Abena works so well is because I don't know about you guys, but I genuinely care about every single one of the characters. I hate every single character, <laughs> including my own. I like Ingwe. Ingwe is so cool. Um, so mean. I don't Haley likes you. What would you do? I'm just what would you do in your game as a new DM here mm-hmm. if none of your player players took the bait? None of them cared about relationships. Then I would find something it. that they cared about and make that the main focus. I got really, really lucky where I had specifically made a, um, the game and with the two players already interacted with those other characters and then my two new players, I tried to do one-on-one sessions with them, interacting with those characters specifically to get them to care about them and then grouping everybody together to try and further that story. Uh, one of the things, Nina, Lynn Nina sitting across the hill from me, I've been actually struggling trying to make sure that you're engaged because I'm worried that you're not engaged enough. So I got some some good things for you tonight. And by good, I mean terrible, terrible, terrible things. I'm very Great. excited. I love making mistakes. I'm gaming today. Give me, Nina made a terrible mistake. It accidentally got blood bonded to someone they shouldn't have gotten blood bonded to, and I'm really excited about it. Well, but that's a tangent. I think that, um, you know, relationships can break a party down as much as they can unite a party. Then you really turn into having just 
a terrible time where you're only talking with one person because you're romantically involved with that person's character and you're not talking to anyone else because everyone else hates you and the rest of the group hates you and so then it just turns into an utter mess sounds are personal are you okay I'm fine uh, I'm fine uh, this but, is like a story. story there yeah um which ties into my earlier point about two PCs being relate like in a relationship in character you already have a weak group dynamic and then all of a sudden two people split off to just be a couple and then what little group dynamic existed now just disappears and so now you know you find yourself struggling to finish the game if the gms have like struggles to like get the players to do things and so that is a case of just relationships breaking down a group not building a group up yeah like if the dynamic between players or out of character or in character is weak relationships will just break it down and that's something you have to be careful about even in, in, in a friendship, you have a strong friendship with one person, and you're avoiding other people because of it. Yeah, same same deal. Doesn't have to be romantic. You don't have to be banging. <laughs> <laughs> I guess then I, it comes to mind of what's considered too much in character romantic RP when it comes to like two people involved in like a large group when it's just those two going back and forth. And it's a little like when is it too much? When is it you know, just enough? Or is that more of a private thing? I don't really know. The DM needs to just, like they have to in any situation, realize when someone or two people, or if they're a trio, that's fine too, has taken up too much of the evening. Uh, not always an easy thing to do as a DM, and once you pick up on it, it's not always an easy thing to enforce uh, in a, you know, kind of tactful way. Absolutely, if you notice two people just just hot potatoing back and forth, talking about each other's potatoes the whole damn evening, you gotta put a stop to it. You I gotta don't, be I don't the care. potato famine. You right. To, yeah. <laughs> right. You gotta be be like a fungus on their potatoes. You guys are making um, great potatoes. As the game master in that situation, whenever they whenever the couple starts bantering back and forth like that, well, bantering or bickering depending <laughs> on how they what form it takes, when that starts. Each time that starts, Game Master needs to look at all the other players and see if anyone is rolling their eyes. Mm -hmm. That's the first indication that it's going too far. Maybe it's that one player is just doesn't want it, want any part of it, and they're rolling their eyes from the beginning. But there will come a point where, well, hopefully it doesn't, there doesn't come a point where the Game Master can feel that it's gone too far. And at that point, it becomes part of the game master's responsibility to whenever it starts either do something to interject um, interrupt it in some way such as a man walks in the door with a gun in in the game you don't pull out a gun and point it at the players and be like gotta stop gotta stop it cool it um no i agree with you clayton and I, I think that ties into sort of what I was thinking, that in or out of the game, if you're dating, if your partner's playing, and even if your characters aren't romantically involved, there there is a point of too much. So it, so it doesn't matter if, like, you're, you're two people that aren't in a relationship out of game but are in-game, or the opposite of that. You know, you have to be mindful that, like, just in real life, like, when you're hanging out with a group of people, sometimes it's too much. Um, and you, you should try to keep those interactions, especially in-game... <laughs> For moments where the GM's going around being like, okay, what are you doing? You know, point to someone else, okay, what are you doing? Not this climactic boss fight where you decide to have some witty romantic banter with someone and everyone else is like, I'm dying over here! Like, <laughs> medic! You know, screaming. Uh, 
So, I think that's something that's worth, like, keeping in mind. I've definitely been in situations before where, um, you just, you just go overboard and everyone's like, this is happening right now. Like, let's not do it, you know? I think there's one distinction I'm not sure we've made clear, and it's a philosophy of mine anyway that I think clearly everyone should adhere to. Um, so in no way am I saying that if your character and another character, be it NPC or PC, seems to be gravitating towards a relationship, or it could start, or it would be interesting for the story, or you just want to do it, in no way am I saying to censor yourself and not act on that, and as long as all parties are consenting, have a ball. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is to be mindful of the fact that you're still participating in a, a joint fantasy hallucination with dice. Group activity. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want people to feel like, in any way, are we uh, advocating a, a, against having relationships of any variety, be they romantic or friendship. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just saying to be mindful of yeah of that whole kind of, you know, having a tea party there by yourself when people are in need of healing. <laughs> you know, and I think that uh, in a positive note, like, you, like, we've all been pretty negative about this so far, for the most part, relatively. A little bit, maybe. Um, There's been some negativity. (laughs) I'm sensing some negativity. (laughs) Relationships can be a good thing in games because of any variety, but more specifically romantic in this particular example, because a lot of the times um, it's a part of life, because it's a part of life for a lot of people in one one avenue or another. And and in a lot of ways, I feel like sometimes it gets sort of overlooked in RPGs. And so, because sometimes people just don't want it there, and that's fine. So you can't just have a, a game of just people running around just doing what, like, living life in every other aspect but one. Does, does that make sense? I'm not really explaining my point very well. No, you I just explained it. it. Yeah, yeah you okay. got it. Hit the nail on the head there, Chief. Yeah. So I feel like some it's good to have that involved in some like way because it's a part of actual life. And if you're playing a game that's emulating real life, what is it? You're just emulating real life except for one part? You know? And again... I, I'm, there's definitely cases where you shouldn't do it for one reason or another. Maybe it's like the group's all uncomfortable with it or doesn't want it in this particular thing. But if you're playing a game that, for all other intents and purposes, does a good job emulating life, you know, keep it in there. I think that's very well said. Speaking of friendships, I've been in several different games where, to look at it from an outsider's lens, it wouldn't make any damn sense why the party sticks together. Now, the real reason is they're together because they're a group of friends or acquaintances who come together once a week to roll some dice at a table or in a basement, whatever, however you Only play. Only two options. Only two options. Uh, if, if you're in a basement, no table. You gotta do it in the floor. <laughs> um, but, okay, but seriously, you're, that's why the group's together, because the, the players are there together playing the game. But to, to uh, stop and look at your group dynamic, and you're thinking, wow, like, these people would not hang out. These characters, I mean, these characters would not hang out. And I think that if you're ready to kind of bring more role-playing into your gaming, you, you can very obviously have a group of misfits that accomplish the goal, slay the the, the beasts, and then have a great time. But if you want to try actually role-playing a character, think about the other characters in your party, and think about how your character might interact with them, and if it turns out you might actually make a friend, act that way. If you realize, 
actually, my, my character would hate that other character. Like, we're going to work together because we're going to, you know, finish the job. But but they would not hang out. Like, nobody buddy. Yeah, like, that can be cool, too. Like, think about those kind of relationships. It, it's it's a fun way to kind of, you know, start to bring some role-playing into your gaming, in my opinion. And not, not anywhere else. Like, the bedroom. Like, just, just your gaming. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an interesting point. Like, relationships can be negative, too. You know? You should not limit yourself to disliking another player character, even though, you know, you have to, like, you, know, you have to do the mission or something, you know, you have to stay together as a party. Um, like, don't censor yourself. Those negative relationships can be just as good for storytelling as positive relationships. I feel like sometimes conflict in characters is always fun, but I do feel like there's a point where if you are completely opposite of your party and it hinders your plot, it might be time to reconsider either an attitude change or maybe talk to the GM for, like, a life event that maybe at least makes you be able to handle the plotline a little better. Because if you're playing, you know, crazy murder hobo with a group of paladins, the party conflict might be too hard well, to I progress. I think that's a little different from, you know, playing fleshed-out characters that are more than just a stereotype and that don't get along because of their personalities than, you know paladins and psychopathic murder. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, of course. That's why I think there's, like, a specific line that, you know, I do, like, I do think party conflict is great, but you have to know when the party conflict is just turning into running in circles. That that can take several experiences to kind of feel out before you get an idea that, hey, maybe my murder hobo and this group of paladins, maybe I'm... Uh, spending too much time, you know, uh, having them correct the errors of my ways, and our DM is slamming his head against the table, and we're not getting anything done. May- maybe, maybe I should rethink my character. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they should rethink their characters. Yeah, it's their fault for playing a bunch of goddamn <laughs> paladins. I would like to point out that I have never seen that situation where there's one murder hobo and a bunch of paladins. I have seen a bunch of murder hobos <laughs> and one wild paladin. That's more likely. It's usually the, there's a bunch of murder hobos running around burning down the town, and the paladins got like child on, like yeah, like child <laughs> each one, and he's like trying to pull them. It's like like mass dog walking. Um, you know, they're over there like stabbing someone. He's like. Hey. Stop. Heal! Get the spray bottle out. <laughs> heal. Lay on hands. Because <laughs> Paladin's heal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fuck you. Oh, I thought it was good. Thanks, Nina. You're welcome. <laughs> but I've been in many situations where we were, like, not so much evil, but, like, at least neutral characters with a very good character who refused to, you know, not tell our higher-up, quote-unquote, that everything that we were doing because the, the higher up was suspicious of being bad and so we were just like please don't please don't tell him that we think he's bad it's just one person like careening everything to and then it just makes it so much harder to play to have fun and the character even realized that she realized that she had misplayed or had miscreated her character and just ended up us talking out of game trying to figure out how we could convince her character to go along with our not-so-legal means. And a lot of times that's that's a conversation that should happen but often doesn't, is having an auto-character conversation just to make sure everybody's on the same page, everybody is 
okay with what's happening. Everybody is happy with what's happening because the last thing that you want is some for one player to be playing this particular character and they're just not having fun because of the group that they're in. Communication. Verging back towards the idea of NPCs, NPCs, romantic relationships. Um, something that I found very helpful as a writer and as a new DM, instead um, of like when drawing lines are like when it's too far or not too far, write erotica, not sex, uh, in the sense of write the, the relationship building, talk to the NPCs, but never go to the length of, okay, yeah, they're going to do all of these things. That takes away from the game and it focuses only on these two people, whereas flirtation can happen like, you're on a mission, you're on the walk towards something. It's the building of that relationship rather than the fulfillment of that relationship. I think that's really important because that way it can engage other players. Whereas writing the sexual aspects of it is just these two characters, and it's only them, and that's stuff that they, if they want to go, like, write a short story about it, that's their own business. But, uh, the. I'm gonna go out right now mm-hmm. and just say, don't roleplay sex. Yeah. Just don't, don't do just it. Just don't do it. Like, just don't do it. Uh, you know. And if you're thinking of doing it, go and check out, um. WW. Uh, uh, no, uh, fucking, uh, <laughs> uh, Fatal. Just have a look at Fatal, and it will, it'll make you never want to do this. You know, he- okay, here's and the then, thing. then you won't. If you, 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 you won't. and your significant other are in a game... Don't check out Fatal. It's fucking terrible. Don't, yeah, also don't check out Fatal. Um, but now I kind of want to check it don't. out. Don't. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> you and your significant other in a game, and what you two do in your personal time is between you two. Not between everyone else, you know? And, and don't... If you're in a game and you're in a relationship with an NPC, like, don't go that far. Have, like, a tasteful fade to black... Uh, no, that's know, what I'm saying. It, like it, some it's, some it's haze some haze code kind of shit. Um, like you don't even you don't even talk about it. For? You just avoid it altogether. It's instead of writing erotica, write PG thirteen. Well, no, that's the yeah. writing metaphor that you've never heard that saying. No, mm-hmm. I need because to erotica. define erotica for me because erotica, I'm pretty sure, is just sex. writing sex. Yeah, it's just oh, a fancy term for. I'm really so- like, uh, don't sorry. Don't get me wrong; it's like rose petal sex, Haley, but it's still sex. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I would like to recorrect re- what I'm saying. Uh, this is a phrase that I've gotten uh, from my professor, specifically talking about. No, I'm sure we had a whole lecture about erotica versus sex. Um, I can't laugh at that. I've had worse lectures. <laughs> Uh, the way what I'm saying is write all, all the aspects, but the crossing line. Like, yeah, don't fucking roleplay sex. Obvi. Uh, but the I use erotica in the sense of this is like the flirtation, the dinner before the party, you if know you know what I, like what better? I mean. Fluff instead of smut. Fluff instead of smut. That, that works a here. lot better. Oh, oh, Fan fiction I terms. like your words. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but but a fair point, just don't get into it because then everybody gets uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I don't care how open you are to the topic, like, all of a sudden when you start making, like, not not just, like, okay, like, a cheeky dice roll to see how it goes is okay, but, like, when you're, like, actively rolling for shit, like, no. There's gotta be a group out there who are extremely okay with players describing intimate sexual acts in their role, in their role-playing game. That, that, that has to exist, and we're not gonna shame you, we're not gonna say you're wrong, um, I think in the majority of cases, based on my experience, it's never gone well because it's it's rare for an entire group of players and DM alike 
to be okay with that. If everybody's consensual, um, like have fun, but uh, just know your audience. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. That's know that's a less hard line version of what I was attempting to get at. But uh, that hard. Is, yeah, that's it. But yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, it's you know you really have to know the audience. And again, I guess if everyone is okay with it, then that's fine. Be sure not to go in there half cocked. I mean, you got to. God. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but um, I think an interesting concept that we haven't touched on yet is um, romances that are made pre-game, like going into a game already dating somebody or married. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a um, really good role-playing aspect because it's you know you plan out the characters. It's not going to be possibly overly romantic because it's already happened. It's already in the past, and so it's just like kind of a duo thing almost. Like partners in crime, I was gonna say brother and sister, but it, that's oh yeah. no. <laughs> I understand totally what you're saying because once once you get married, the romance dies. So therefore, you don't. Have to- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Beth. <laughs> I think it's more of a you've already got both of your characters and that romance figured out. So instead of the sudden the, blooming thing, the it's dynamics like, already there, and you don't have to be like oh honeymoon phase or it's um, just. Learning about each other in a romantic way. (laughs) (laughs) For the audience. I may want to pull out my phone so I can get some pictures to go along with that. (laughs) Ooh, choice. That was a very, like, Japanese schoolgirl sort of pose that was just given. Ooh, plus, if you and the person you're going to be doing this with are going to roleplay lesbians... There's the whole, like, lesbian bed death thing. So, you know, sex will just never happen. It's not going to be a problem. It's not going to make me uncomfortable. Uh, what? Sorry? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, allow you, me. I've never had... No, I don't. I've, I've never had that issue. I'll go ahead and mansplain what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've never heard this phrase before. <laughs> yeah, I think going into a game with, the. Uh, Having that already fleshed out is good because if you're looking to like have that in your RPG, you already got it. You don't have to take away from the rest of the game time to do it. You know, cultivated. It's already cultivated. It just, you know, if you got to get your got to get your fix. You know, you get your fix pretty easily, and it gives the GM something to work with in, in terms of like crafting the story. And that's something no one's mentioned. That's that's a really good point. Is that relationships will give your GM something to work with or a, a way to get you. Um, like it's a lot easier to hurt two people than it is to hurt one person, or use one person to, to hurt get, another, to get person. another person. There exactly. we go. Yeah, and that, that's getting to like shitty GM practices. No, that's awesome. But uh, another weird thing that I don't actually think I've experienced is in-character breakups. Hmm, that's a fair point. That's a very good point. Oh, I've never. We could do that. We're <laughs> supposed to get married. Excuse you. According to everybody else. Um. I thought you already were married. No. No. But, um, like, that could they, cause a lot of They were in human lands, and that was not a, allowed. No. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Man. Uh, that's, I actually can say that's something I don't think I've ever had any experience with in an RPG, is getting together with someone and then having to break it off. Um, that's, that's an interesting thing to yeah, test out one day. Splesbians. Lesbians. That ended. That relationship was over. That oh, okay, it did. Well, well, it was it very strange in game. I really thought you broke up. No, uh, well, that was never made clear because I forced y'all to go back for her. 
our relationship needed a lot of counseling if we ever made it back to Earth. But it was never, it was, it, it was a very ambiguous end, is, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we didn't actually, the, th- the difference here is that we didn't have to roleplay breaking up. Um, yeah. Out of character, we yeah. just decided that that didn't happen again. Yeah, no. No, she was very angry at me. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm honestly, like, thinking real hard, and I can't think of a single example. I have, at least. Um, I don't know about anybody else. I, um... It's not really a breakup if I never really wanted it to happen in the first place. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, um, going back to last podcast when I talked about my super shitty first game with Mm. Bethe Fay and her babies, Uh, Uh, I ended uh, that relationship with her baby daddy. Sexual assault game. Yep, yeah, sexual assault game. Well, I didn't realize that's what you meant. Sorry, um, we we talked about the badly. We talked about the consequence of it. Um. a lot of things happened to my character that just I was not at the place where I could be like, hey, maybe let's not do that to them. And it was with another player character. But long story short, the reason I'm bringing it up is is that, like, talking... I have not talked to that person as a player, which is why I don't think we play a lot anymore. However, dealing with that breakup in-game was rather interesting because my character was not physically there. She physically left because I was gone. Breakups can absolutely make or break a story. In this case, it broke a party apart and we don't play as much, if not at all, anymore because of it. That wasn't an in-character breakup, though. Yeah. That was an out-of-character breakup. Well, no, in-character is like... My- no, the, the out-of-character... The in-character breakup was facilitated by an out-of-character breakup. The thought of it, as really we don't have any examples to go off of, like, if it's... If it's just, like, chill, it's talked about prior to the game, the GM knows about it, they can facilitate, like, a proper... The party is still together, things can be weird. If it's NPC, PC, get rid of the NPC, but... (laughs) I just thought of one in-character breakup that did happen. This was in Hunter. That's right! Oh, no! Haley's character did break up with the NPC who she was with. Sarah Galatea. Sarah Galatea. Oh, that I, broke my Like in character, yeah, in character, it devastated your character. You were yeah. not the same afterwards. She's a very different character afterwards, and I felt I was actually really happy with the way that went. I was really nervous because um, you had mentioned it last time that it, it made you slightly uncomfortable, and I'm sorry that it did. Well, the reason why it made me uncomfortable uncomfortable was entirely my fault. Is because <laughs> as a game master, you should never interject like like, in-game clues as to what's going on, have them be vital things that are found out, like, during sexual encounters. <laughs> oh, Wait, you built in information that could only be, like, pumped out from oh. sexual encounters. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, well, TJ certainly found them out, if so. No, but there were things that were going on with with that particular character to let every, like, to let in this instance, Haley's character know that Things were not right she with her human. that were that this was not this was a non-human creature that she <laughs> had relations with. And you were traveling with a priest, Haley. You disgust me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Father Pierce and TJ did not I, have a good relationship uh, because as I, I was just <laughs> the most clean-cut. Never did anything wrong. Certainly had didn't zero do coke vices. My yeah, <laughs> never did coke. I opened a Coca-Cola for God, Kyle. And Katie's character got every drug and tried to convince TJ to give them to Sarah. Like, you guys did a lot. You, got, you guys got a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. Not relevant story. Sorry. 
what what I'm saying is, um, sometimes it helps the story. It certainly helped uh, in the Hunter campaign fulfill a storyline uh, specifically with the character that I was playing. It certainly absolutely changed them. And then going towards what we were talking before about having negative party relationships, the relationship my character had with KD's character was also extremely negative, but still helped the story, and we were able to still play those characters together. I think that was both good stuff. I don't the think end. anybody liked Doc Spengler. So, uh, I mean, he stabbed me. So. <laughs> anyway. Actually, no, you Br- say Brandon looked up to him. Nina? If I can interject just a little bit before we get to Nina, I want to let everybody know, including my wife, who is not sitting here with us, that whenever, like, I was talking about the things that Haley's character learned, um, these were things that were, like, when things got intimate, I we, we faded to black, it, and then peaceful. I just said, okay, here are some things that you learn. We, there was no detail. It was, not even it was as PG. Yeah, there were no roles. It was as PG as I could make it at the time. Hey, Katie, remember when we got married so everybody could get a psyche point? Just, just it's true. Oh, uh, yeah. Game the system with your romance. <laughs> <laughs> a seminar led by Kyle. <laughs> and I don't know if you want your last name on there. Question. At that time, did you guys, were you aware of the rule that whenever you get laid, you get a bonus psyche the next day? Oh, uh, uh, what? Oh, yeah, I, I use that. That's the only reason that uh, Jimmy Hawk did what he did. But what's her name? Yeah. Three, uh, no, not... Uh, oh lord we never made use of that unfortunate we did make use of them getting married for a psyche yeah but that was for everyone else that was a very selfless act (laughs) (laughs) well that's something that comes up quite often like um in in other games too not just apocalyptia in a world of darkness you can get some sanity back by getting laid which is a interesting mechanic as well we did that for uh laura's one shot didn't we yep (laughs) I, it's it's kind of odd now, really looking at it, that that is a mechanic in games. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure, you know, for people who like it, it's a great thing. And it oh, really sex just... is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you, you're aware. <laughs> um, well, it's like you said earlier, like, it's a part of life, and you can't just have a part of life but you just cut me with a fucking knife <laughs> well in regards to that like how many systems do you know that deal with pregnancy um thankfully only I, yeah I was about to say none and I was about to you know tell a quip about how purposefully apocalyptia I know from Jordan um, that pregnancy was just not put into that system, and I, and I rightfully so. But yeah, though this this awful fatal system is the only one I can think of. And, and God, it's all it's 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 cancer. I thought it was an intriguing thought of like, oh, like there's sex mechanics. There's no pregnancy mechanics. Dude, like mecha- like okay, I wouldn't say pregnancy. that a mechanic. Getting a point of psyche or sanity bag is not a mechanic necessarily. It's a mechanic of the game. It's not a mechanic yeah. of sex, which is mm-hmm. my my misspeak. Like I don't know. Anybody have any closing thoughts or additional things they haven't got to throw out there? I would just like to say that for the majority of my gaming career, having one female in the group was uncommon. Mm-hmm. Having two was r- rare. The makeup of our current gaming group is. And as far as my experience, a complete anomaly. But from what I'm understanding of the hobby, it is becoming, I'm happy that it's becoming a thing where it's commonplace. 
that there are so many different points of view in the hobby that we're able to have this conversation and it's not just a bunch of dudes sitting around and like talk role playing like I want to I want to bang this barmaid can I can I make a charisma roll to banger um, yeah sure um, she, she and then the game master describes something about her I'm I'm so glad that I'm so glad that the hobby has grown there's yeah. a reason the stereotypes you see in popular media um I'm not going to point any fingers. Uh, Big Bang Theory community. There's a reason you see D&D painted in such a light in popular media. And I, too, am very glad to see that amongst the actual community, that's no longer the case. And I can only hope that reflections in film and television especially will start to paint a more truthful picture of, of what the group, of, of what the hobby is, is actually like now. That's a, one, one big reason why I'm really glad we're doing this podcast, in fact. I guess a question I do have for all GMs who have dealt with being in an NPC-PC relationship is, have you ever had to play, like, your opposite sex, and is it weird to be in, like, um, a relationship with a, a PC as, like... What are you looking at me for? Oh, I'm just, you know, we've done that before, Kyle. We have a, a, a bond, if you will. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, with uh, the X Files game. Oh well. Oh yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't play. Okay, I see. So that. So that was a case where I was playing someone of. I I for the for the audience I did that in the most weird awkward thing <laughs> I could have done by just leaning in really close. Um, but uh, that was a case where I was role playing an NPC that was of an opposite gender to myself, and. Not extraordinarily weird. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just, you know, a character. Like, it's just a person. It is an NPC, though. I, I was confused at first. I, I Sorry, I didn't catch on what you were saying. I was confused at first because I thought you meant PC. Like, as a oh, PC, like, are you role playing, playing a character, or right? Yeah. Um, it wasn't that odd for me, necessarily. I, I have role played characters that are not the gender I identify with in real life, but I've never had a relationship with those characters. So I'm not sure if I can comment on your question, if that's what you're asking anyway. Yeah. Like, is it weird to be in, like, that kind of situation? In my experience, I don't know, because I've only ever had it happen for laughs. What about Sarah? Sarah was, well, Promethean, but... She was, that, she was kind of plot, though. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> um, I, see, it wasn't difficult for me to get into, like, that character, because, one, she was not a human. And so she would have a different perspective. And two, it wasn't uncomfortable because even though the character was female, I'm still a guy and you were playing a female character. So I really didn't have to change any of my mental paradigms to think of how a woman would interact with a woman. I just have to think, okay, how would I interact with a woman? There we go. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I've, and every time I've ever um, had a NPC in a romantic relationship, the, the NPC, maybe they're a little bit more fleshed out than any other PCs, but they're still very broad. Their personality is very broad strokes. I really don't go into who they really in depth as to who they are, what they want. Like Katie said, they were a plot mm-hmm. point. For your question, Lenina, I'm not not uncomfortable, but just like I'm upset that my own skill set because for the vampire game that you play in, 
the first time that you interact with Kadir, who's a will-they-won't-they aspect, I had a friend come in and play that NPC as, like, they're on the DM side, and that was super helpful for me to figure out how to play Kadir, because he is one of the more fleshed-out NPCs. Uh, My problem is, I am nowhere near as suave as Sarah Tripp or Kadir. I'm nowhere near as cool, calm, and collected as this NPC is. So my biggest fear is not giving you... Because I feel like that's something that you want to explore when I asked you guys, like, when you first met. is like, I want to know more about Kadir. So I'm worried that I'm not giving you enough platform to explore that. Because I don't know how to properly do that for you. However, I'm going to try. Wink. At, at the risk of not going too far down that rabbit hole, um, that's a really fair point in that I, I can have this really objective state where I'm like, oh, it didn't matter, they were all just people, but they were just characters, you know? But there's this aspect of being someone who identifies as male, it's a little bit harder for me to inherently play a very accurate female character. You know, like, I don't know the exact same sort of way of thinking or necessarily experiences that some might have to accurately portray them. So, yes, like, I did play a female NPC in a relationship with a male PC once. For all, But, I mean, it was just... It, it could have been a, like, badly done female character. I think that's worth pointing out. The very few times when I have done it, and the player character one, The player and the player character wanted it done for laughs. So, it... I'm sad to admit that I was just playing a stereotype. Mm-hmm. I wasn't... There was no depth to the player, okay. or the, to the character. That's interesting. It's certainly um, interesting. I don't know. I think it, mainly what I think collectively what we're coming down to is it depends on the group that you're playing with. Finding what's right for you, finding the right balance between romantic relationships, uh, in character, out of character, uh, not romantic relationships, just communicating with everybody in-game and out-of-game, and if it helps your story and if it makes playing good for both of you, have fun. That's the key there, is have fun. Well, with that summation of all the things that we've just said, why you say we stop this bullshit and start rolling some dice? Yay! Woo! This has been a production of Alien Familiar Media. You can find past episodes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. This production is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives License. Music for this episode is Suburban Outlaw by Forget the Whale and can be found at freemusicarchive.org.